the topic today I want us to address, I'll paraphrase this in, a, in form of a question. Are you trusting in the Lord? Are you trusting in the Lord? We are coming to the end of the year and looking to 2023. My question to you is, are you trusting in the Lord? Amen. Proverbs 3, from verse 5 and 6, in the New King James Version, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. If you look at that in the NLT version, the second part of that, it says there what? Trust in the, all right, trust in the Lord with all your heart, very similar to uh, New King James Version, but says do not what? Depend on your own understanding, all right? Verse 6, seek his will in all you do, and he will do what? He will show you which path to take. Very much what Elder Ruth was saying, seek the Lord in your giving. Seek the Lord in everything. He will show you. Amen. And in the message version, it says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Do you see how important the heart is? Don't try to do what? Figure out everything on your own. Let's go on. Let's read together. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he is the one who will keep you on track. You need to read that to yourself. Say, I will listen for God's voice in everything I do. Everywhere I go, he is the one who will keep me on track. Amen. Amen. So, you don't need to get off track. <laughs> All right? You don't need to say, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. No, you can move the tracks and position yourself to hear God who desires to bless you. Amen. Trust means to have confidence in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone. To have confidence in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone. To believe is to accept something as true, genuine, or real. To believe is to accept something as true, genuine, or real. So, when we talk about faith, you need to be able to believe and to trust. Trust is not different from faith. It's a part of faith. Faith is a thing. Faith is a noun, all right? Did you go to school and study some English? Faith is a, is a noun, isn't it? We don't say you are faithing, do we? You show your faith because we see you are trusting and you are believing. Both are very important. We believe. We, we, we normally take it as if faith just means believing. It is not. Because then, uh, well, there's, there's some, it's more than believing. There's believing. Believing is part of faith. So is trusting God. And if you go to the Old Testament, you find quite a bit of teaching about trusting God. 
Amen. Psalms 112, verse 7 to 8 says, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. You see that? His heart is what? Steadfast, trusting in the Lord. This is talking about the righteous man. And this, his heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. If you are to go on reading that, it connects with part of what Elder Ruth shared with us in tithes and offerings. He has scattered abroad. He has given to the poor his righteousness and yours forever. You find that in First Corinthians chapter, Second Corinthians chapter 9, I think verse 9. So this connects to that. But look at this. It says his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. The, if you go back to Psalms 112, this is talking about a righteous and a wealthy and a rich man. Is that talking about you? Yeah, that is who you are. Yeah, And since his heart is what? Is steadfast. Is trusting in the Lord. So, trust is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It's not uh, I'll, I'll get a bit to that, but for now, what I want to emphasize here is that this steadfastness, this being established in our heart is very critical to our faith, to what we receive from the Lord. Because if you look at James, if you look at James 1, verse 5 to 8, it says, if anyone, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8. Says, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That man is the one whose heart is not what? Steadfast, trusting in the Lord. My wife will look at this scripture and say, this scripture is scary. This man is going to get nothing. Nothing. See, you know, we like saying uh, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. You mean you can actually get nothing? Yeah. If your heart is not steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Uh, you remember our former president, Mzek Kibaki. He says, stop what? Kuyumba yumba. Did you, do you remember that? He said, waja kuyumba yumba. One time, I am believing God, he'll supply for me. Next time, oh, I am going down, I don't know what will happen to me. One time, by stripes, I am healed. Next moment, oh, this thing is killing me. You have to be what? Steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. Say, I'm trusting in the Lord. This is what I'm asking you. This December holiday, as you look to 2023, what are you trusting? In whom are you trusting? If you, tr if you truly trust God, we will not have this one day you are up, 
One day you are down. You will be steadfast. Praise God. And uh, the reality here is that there are consequences to our... Let me, let me give you uh, Jeremiah 17 verse 5. You see this. Jeremiah 17 verse 5. It says, that says the Lord. Who is talking? The Lord, isn't it? Cast is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart, you see the heart again, departs from the Lord. Verse 6, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Let's go on. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Verse 8, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. Do you see the need to trust in the Lord? Do you see that? Now, if you have a car, you, you, you will, let me, let me paraphrase that. There is information. You receive information, okay? And then there is what we call a warning. A warning is information, but it is alerting you to something, isn't it? You need to pay attention. And the warning can be categorized first level warning. You know, it's an alert. Check this and this. Then it goes to critical. So it's, now you really need to do something. Then it becomes what? It can, becomes, it can become an emergency if you don't pay attention. And this issue of trust, we need to look at it from that perspective. If I'm driving the car and I see it's now pointing to a letter called E on my fuel gauge. What does that mean? It has? It is not empty. It tells you it has enough. <laughs> you have enough to get to the next petrol station, isn't it? That is what it is. E is for enough. Don't be negative-minded in church, all right? We leave all negativity out there. E is enough, all right? But it tells you you have enough to get you to, your, to what? To the petrol station. What happens if you ignore that warning? It will become what? Critical. And you'll stop. This thing is going to bring you to an emergency where the whole thing stops. If you are not doing what? Paying attention. All right? So in the car when I'm driving, I have information. I have, you're driving at this speed, or whatever other indicators that I have. This is useful information. I, I receive that information. It's helping me on my, on my journey. But the moment that needle points to E, it's changed from information. It's beginning to alert me. All right? And so, when in uh, Proverbs chapter 3, it says what? Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. That's a warning. It's, it's, it's signaling, I need to pay attention to what I'm trusting. By the time it gets to Jeremiah chapter 17, I say it's blessing. You are cursed. Oh boy, this is serious. I need to stop and ask myself again, who am I trusting? I was driving my daughter to school. I mean, we, 
got out of the, you know, when you're going to school, it's kind of, there's always no time. You're in a hurry. You know, you're supposed to leave by this time. But get out, let's go. We get into the car, it's 6, what? We are supposed to leave at 6.15, now it's 6.20 something. We get into the car, I get into the, uh, out of the gate to the road there, and a, a van is, passes us, and she says, that's the verse I was using last time. He said, wow, that van is producing some smoke. I, I think there's something wrong with it. She says, dad, the smoke is coming from your side of the car. Look! <laughs> I, I didn't say, girl, shut up. We walk by faith. We are not moved by what we see. No, no. I pulled real quick. I pulled off that road. I said, girl, get out quick. The guy is about to catch fire. Said, go to your mom, tell her to get you an Uber. You go to school. This car is billowing smoke. So I, I pulled by the side. I stopped. What am I going to do? I am not going to move until I establish is those is this vehicle trustworthy. You understand? We we have to restore the integrity, the trustworthiness of this thing. And so I called a mechanic, he came and found there was something wrong with the wiring of the alarm. And that is what was, some wires were beginning to burn under the hood. And so we were getting this smoke. And so the thing is, two months before that, no, maybe a few weeks before that, I had, I started the car, it didn't start. I couldn't tell what's wrong with it. I, we asked, I asked somebody who was next to me, let's jump start this car, it wouldn't start. I called a mechanic, he came. They tried everything. I looked under there, I said, there are two wires down there. Could this be the problem? They said, ah, yeah, it's the wires. They connected the two wires, the alarm came back up, I drove off. That was a warning. There was something wrong with whoever had done this wiring of this car. But do you think I paid attention? No, I've been driving around for days, for weeks, until smoke comes out. You... Ask your neighbor, have you been seeing smoke in your life? <laughs> you know, in your relationships with the people, in your finances, in your health, have you, has, has smoke started coming up? You need to stop and say, am I trusting in the Lord? You see, it says trust in the Lord, in everything. Amen. That is in school, in college, in your workplace, in your business, in your relationship with people. You are to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we, we don't need to get things to an emergency situation. God wants us to respond. Amen. There's a phrase you call somebody, they say, what, 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 this is, kuna mutu amekuja hapa. I don't know whether you have ever heard that. I saw it on social media the other day. You see, anaka aji. Kuna mutu amekuja hapa, sijui anaka aji. What do you mean anaka aji? You don't know? The, the person is with you, you are telling me who you anaka aji. Now how can I help you? <laughs> the person or the thing, wameleta ikitu hapa, they have brought this thing. Sijui anaka aji. That is, you are refusing to acknowledge something, isn't it? That is what you are doing. You are, you are refusing to acknowledge something right before you. So you've resorted to speaking and you are not speaking. <laughs> Listen, 
you need information so you can trust in the Lord. Don't say, I don't know this kitu inakaji. Seek the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, Jesus trusted in the Lord. Amen. Mark 10, no, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So it's a choice. You are choosing to trust God and you have life or you're choosing not to trust God and trust everything else. In the Proverbs chapter 3, it says, trust in the Lord and not in your own understanding. Don't trust in your own understanding. In, in Psalms 112, it says, trust in the Lord. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. But when you come to Jeremiah chapter 17, it tells us, curse is the man who trusts what? Another man. All right, who has made flesh his strength. So you are, we are saying you are not just not trusting yourself, you should also not be trusting other people and also trusting everything else you are seeing around you. You got to trust in the Lord. This issue of choices is very important to understand. Some years back, I got a revelation. You, have already, you only have two choices all the time. If you find a multiple choice question, and it asks you, is Victory Faith Church in Garden Estate, Kasarani, Dika, or whatever? You only have two choices. You either choose Garden Estate, every other choice you make is a wrong choice. You understand that? So they call you when they tell you it's multiple choice. It's not multiple choice. There are only two choices. If you choose the right one, correct. If you choose any of the others, it's wrong. And so, God wants us to trust him alone. Amen. And the, in this trust, uh, it's, it's, it's a matter of life and death. Mark chapter 10, verse 24. Jesus talking to his disciples. says, And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is. You cannot operate the way God operates in his kingdom. What is his kingdom? Love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. You will not, I will not be able to operate like that unless I'm trusting in the Lord. Compare this, if you go back to Mark, uh, this chapter of Mark chapter 10, is the account of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus, knelt before him, bowed to him, called him good master, asked him, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him, go sell what you have, come, work with me. And the man would not take it. And this is what led to Jesus saying this, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. The man was genuine, but he was not willing to trust the Lord. You contrast that to Psalms 112, where is a righteous, wealthy man who is trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. Two different categories. So it isn't about how much money you have 
or how much money you don't have. It's are you trusting in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So we know Jesus trusted in the Lord. This is what brings you to a hundredfold return where your giving is concerned. And Elder Luth really ministered that so well. How, how am I going to receive harvest of my sheep? Because when I was sowing, I was, my heart was in my giving and I was trusting in the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we, we find in Matthew chapter 27 verse 43, Matthew 27 verse 43, it says, he trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he delights in him. For he said, I'm the son of God. These were Jews around Jesus kind of challenging him. At the end of his life, the testimony about Jesus was that he does what? He trusts in the Lord. That's what they could say about him. What can they accuse you of? Ask your neighbor, can you be accused of trusting in the Lord? If they took you to the high court, to the supreme court, and accused you of trusting in the Lord, would the charges hold or they would have to release you for lack of evidence? <laughs> this is what they were accused. Jesus accuses. We're saying what? He trusts in the Lord. Let us see whether the Lord will rescue him. I, I had Brother Cobra saying, most Christians, the way they live their lives, I pray it is not you. Tell your neighbor, I hope it is not you. If they were accused of being Christians, the judges would have to let them go free for lack of evidence. That is not good. Everyone who sees us, he should see that we do what? We trust in the Lord. Amen. Now, in terms of this particular subject, I want to introduce something here called the anointing. This is the practical way in which we see this trust manifesting. Amen. Isaiah 10:27 says, Isaiah 10:27. If you can go there, please. For though for though your uh, though your people Israel be as the sun, uh, alemna. Wow. 20 that's 22 or 27. Uh, yeah. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. So, what is the anointing? The anointing is the life of God. It is his ability, it is his power to do what is impossible in the natural. Alright? So, his yoke from, will be removed from your neck because of the anointing. Look at, uh, look at Luke 4.18. The spirit, Jesus talking about himself, says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So, so Jesus was trusting in the Lord. All right? He was trusting in God. But in practical terms, in his day-to-day -day activity, what do we see him say? He is saying the spirit of the Lord is upon him. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Let's go. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the bride. To set at liberty 
those who are oppressed. So the way Jesus, Jesus is saying, this trust is manifesting in my life through something called the anointing. Here is the point. I am not trusting in my ability. I'm not trusting in what I know. I'm not trusting in my understanding. I'm not trusting in another man. I'm trusting in the Lord. That is, I'm trusting in God's ability upon my life, and that ability is called the anointing. You get that? You follow that? It's the anointing. It's God's power. It's God's ability. All right? And this is what, it's the, it's what removes human limitations. Listen, if you are here and you are here on earth, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in college, you are in school, you are serving in the ministry, you are serving in the marketplace, whatever office you hold, whatever it is in your family, you're a brother, you're a sister, you're a mother, you're a son, there is an anointing for that. There's an anointing for you to be a great brother to your siblings, a great cousin, a great nephew, whatever it is. There is an anointing. What is, what is that anointing? God's ability for you to do what he wants you to do and be a blessing to other people. All right? That anointing is God's impact on your life and my life. And that is what we are trusting. We are not trusting in our natural abilities. We are trusting in his anointing. Amen? Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Amen. So, whatever office you hold, whatever appointment you have, you have the anointing to do that. You follow that? And that is what you and me are going to what? To depend on. If you are appointed by God, then you have been anointed to do the job. If you have been appointed by God, you then have been anointed. There is the anointing to get the job done. It removes all limitations. Amen? In John chapter 14, verse 9 to 10, he who has seen me, all right, if you can, let me read the whole of it. I have an extract of it. Jesus said to him, talking to one of his disciples, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? That's gone. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the work. That's what Jesus is saying. The Father who dwells in me. How is the Father dwelling in Jesus? By the anointing. By the anointing. He is not, Jesus is not depending on himself. He's depending on the Father who dwells in him. He is depending on the Holy Spirit of God. And what has the Holy Spirit done? He has anointed him to do what is necessary. Now, if you read verse 12 of this, you see you, are so, you, you see him saying, this is what Jesus said, most, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do 
also. Let's read that last phrase together. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. So Jesus says, it's the father in me. He is doing the what? The work. How are you going to do greater works? It has to be through the same means, isn't it? Otherwise, if Jesus was depending on an anointing and you don't have it, then he is setting you up for failure. Now, people argue a lot about that, you know. Uh, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than this. There is a whole library of stuff written about what the greater works does. What is the greater works of Jesus? It is this, it is this. But we know what Jesus did. So let's start with that, all right? Before we go to the greater works, we can do what he did. It's recorded in the word of God, all right? And so the point here is that we, you and me, have this anointing. Why? Because in, uh, let me get the scripture right, John 20, 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the father has sent me. I also, I also in December 2022, coming to 2023, I also send you. As you go, I don't know whether you're traveling. We're talking about the great migration from Nairobi that starts somewhere around this time. As that migration kicks off and you say, see yourself joining the heart, you've been sent. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I also do what? Send you. You're not just going up country to impress people with uh, stuff from Nairobi, isn't it? You are there to impress them with the anointing. That you carry. Amen. When you appear, you should not just be somebody from Nairobi. It should be somebody who represents Jesus. And we see the Father sent Jesus. And Jesus is saying, The way the Father sent me, I also send you. Isn't it? Let me give you another common phrase in Kiswahili. Eh? That is when people are asking for something. You've just been sent like that. You haven't been sent in a, in, with something, isn't it? You have been sent by Jesus the way the Father sent you. Amen? Say, I'm anointed. I am sent. Praise God. Now, uh, I want to bring out something here. In First John 2.20, and then 27. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and it is not an eye, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Praise the Lord. So, say, I have an anointing. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the whole emphasis of all this, this is all I'm trying to tell you is that you are anointed. Amen. You have an anointing. And it's an anointing of God. And that is the anointing that will enable you to do and complete your divine 
assignment, and destiny. Praise the Lord. So, if you are a Christian, who is a Christian? A Christian is someone who is Christ-like, isn't it? So you are like, Jesus is the Christ. What does that mean? Jesus is the anointed one. Isn't it? And so if you are like him, then you have been anointed. You have been anointed. And so this is what we are saying. We are like him. There's another scripture that says, as he is in heaven, so are we in this world. The, the thing here is that we receive this anointing. How do we receive things of God? By faith. You say, I have the anointing of God to do the job. I have the anointing of God to do this business. I have the anointing of God to serve in this capacity. I have this anointing. As you have been, the scripture we've read there says, as you have received this anointing. So you shouldn't be like some Kenyans. You are walking around the house, talking on the phone. And then you stop and ask your child, where is my phone? See, mom, you have the phone. You are talking on the phone. You, you, are, you are looking for what you already have. You have the anointing. What you need to do is to stir up that anointing and expect supernatural outcomes. Praise God. The anointing is for divine assignment of God in the church and in the marketplace. Now, I'll, I'll show you scriptural examples of this as, 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 as I try to tie this up. Look at Philippians 3, 4 to 8. Philippians 3, 4 to 8. This is Paul. And this is what Paul is saying. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh. You see that? Trust in the flesh. I more, let's go on, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and the Hebrew of the Hebrews, touching to the row, a Pharisee. Yeah? Let's go on. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is of the row, blameless. All right? Verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted laws for Christ. And verse 8. Yet doubtless, and, and I count all things but laws for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, I have a good CV. I have a good CV. If you are in Kenya, and today you belong to a certain ruling class, that gives you some advantage, isn't it? Yeah, it gives you, it gives you some advantage. If you, if you belong to the first family, you, you are known by so and so. You are a graduate of this and this university. You are this and this. You have a lot of what? Advantage. But Paul is saying, if you have, if there is anyone who had any reason to have confidence in all these things, I would have been number one. But he's saying, I no longer trust this. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There is something more than your CV. There is something more than where you went to school, which is your tribe. Or all those things Paul is saying, they don't matter. He's saying, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Is he still a Hebrew? Yes. But he's saying, that is not what is counting in my mission. I am counting on the anointing. Praise God. So, 
this anointing is, is uh, look at uh, Psalms 105, verse 14 to 15. Since he permitted no one to do them wrong, yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not what? Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Verse 16. Oh, that's, that's, uh, verse 15. All right. Okay. It's, it, it talks about he, oh yeah, it's, it's the first, it's verse 14. He permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake. See, the anointing, uh, listen to me. When I talk about the anointing, you probably say, yeah, Francis, I think you're anointed. You will, you probably have no doubt that Pastor Davis is anointed. The, the problem is that you don't think you're anointed. You see that? This scripture, and we say, don't touch the anointed ones. These are the leaders. You be very careful about the anointing. Be very careful. Your neighbor should be very careful around you because you're anointed. Listen, it says, it says what? Touch not what? My anointed. Do my prophets no harm. There are two classes of people. You are either a prophet or you are anointed. Either way, nobody is supposed to touch you. This is talking about Israelites. It was not talking about their kings and their leaders. It is talking about you and me. Tell your neighbor it's about you and me. It's talking about Israel. Saying God had anointed the entire tribe. And that is how we are. Am I minimizing the need to reverence and honor leaders? No. I'm just saying when you talk about people who are anointed, don't count yourself out. You are among the ones who are anointed. Amen. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 6, is, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Somebody say amen. Who also made us sufficient. Do you see that? As we have such trust through Christ. We have such trust through the anointing. We have such trust through the anointing. My trust is in the anointing. If I'm standing here ministering to you, where should my trust be? In the anointing. Hallelujah. Here, let me share with you some practical things here. You see them in the Bible. Look at uh, Moses. Moses in Exodus chapter 7 verse 1. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. So, now, I, I, I need to summarize that. If you read chapter 6 of Exodus, Moses had gone to Pharaoh's place and said, let these people go. Pharaoh said, these people are idle. What we are going to do is we are going to double the what? The work, demand they do twice the work, and we will cut the supply. We will not provide them with the material. So Moses was frustrated. And he went back crying to God. And God said, see, I have made you what? A God to Pharaoh. 
when you are in a frustrating situation, you got to see yourself as God sees you. I was sharing with uh, somebody we shared with, with care, in care on Friday. and said how this person was in this office. And they, 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 they believed and now they came like a testimony to the pastor. They said, pastor, you know, I've been believing God. I've been working in this place. They are all idol worshippers. They are satanic. Da, 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 da. But praise the Lord. God has found me a new job and I am moving. And the pastor was shaking his head. This woman said, Pastor, you don't seem to be rejoicing the way I'm, I'm rejoicing. Said, you've left that place for the devil? I mean, you are the only believer in that place? You are the only God's voice in that place? And you've ran away? What is God supposed to do about that place? Let them all go to hell? See, we think this is a great testimony. And you can believe God. I'm, I'm not... But the thing is, God has placed himself in you. That you may demonstrate God. Listen. God is saying, when you next go to fellow, have this in your mind. He said, see. Have this in your mind. How are you seeing yourself? Have yourself, you go to Pharaoh and you see yourself like God. Do you know, Moses, you know Moses was uh, an outro. He killed an Egyptian, an Egyptian and ran away. And God is telling him, go back there. And you are going there to tell Pharaoh, I've sent you. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. You just want to be defeated. <laughs> oh, we are just like worms. Oh, and then the chicken will eat you if you're just a worm, right? I'm styling you up as you go for this Christmas to know who you are in Christ Jesus. So he told him, you are what? I've made you as a God to Pharaoh. Listen to Judges 6, verse 15. We read verse 15, then verse 34. Judges. It says, so he said, this is um, Gideon. Talking to an angel. He said, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Verse 34. But the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself, took possession of him, and he blew a trumpet, and the clan of Abiezer was gathered to him. Listen. In verse 15, if you read verse 12, he is having this argument. God is telling him, an angel, Gideon, I want you to go out and fight the Midianites. But Gideon is saying, look at my CV. Look at my CV. I, I am from the least. My clan is the least. Other translations say, my clan is the poorest. You know? And he's saying, in my father's own place, eh? I don't, they don't listen to me. They listen to my big brother. And so, the angel is telling him, but you are the one I'm sending. How is he going to go? And you find now in verse 34, the anointing is coming upon him. 
What is the result of this anointing? You read Judges 7, 20-21. says, Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held their torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, The sword of the Lord of Gideon and every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. I need to feed you on a bit of detail there. So, Gideon is surrounded by the Midianites. He thinks he has no ability to fight. My brother and my sister, I don't know what is frustrating you in life. I don't know whether 2022 has brought you to the point where you say, I can't take it no more. Where you see yourself as making no... You hear people's testimony. You read about Gideon, they say, where is this God? We have had testimonies about how he delivered Israel. But all we see is oppression. You've had many prophecies spoken of. Maybe you've had people prophesying. You've had people giving their testimonies. And you look at your life, you're like, yeah, praise the Lord, yeah. But in my situation, I'm telling you, nothing is moving. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I have threats all around. They are threatening me at my workplace. They are threatening me with image in this business. See, you are seeing yourself the wrong way. The anointing elevates you and gives you godly strategies. Listen, what are we saying? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding of the situation. If Gideon, Gideon is looking at the, trying to understand his circumstances and he can't make sense of it, But when he starts seeing himself, that anointing comes upon him. What is the anointing of God over him doing? Taking over. Taking over. Taking over. God wants to take over your staff. Amen? God wants to take over your staff. God wants to take you over with himself. And then he gives him a strategy. Gideon goes from this chapter, between what we've read, verse 34 of chapter 6 and verse 20 of chapter 7, he goes and gets an army into place. An army of 33 people. God says, no, 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 no. Those are too many. They go to take water. God says, no, no. He, he says, tell those who are fearful to go. He is left with 10,000. And then God says, those are too many. He is left with 300. And you would think, after reducing Gideon's army from 33,000 to 300. You know, if you have 300 people, but they are well armed, <laughs> I can understand, isn't it? Have you ever seen films by somebody called Rambo? You know, it's a, it's a small army. It's a one-man army, isn't it? I don't know who are the reason, you know. But these guys, you know, Batman, whatever. I mean, the guy cannot be beaten. You have 300 like those, they are okay, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, they are, they are powers, you know. They, they have this magic stuff. That's okay. I think if you gave me 300 and we armed us with something, I don't know what it is called. I don't know what it is, but I, the name sounds good. It's called a bazooka, you know? <laughs> that, that thing really, I mean, Deacon uh, uh, Norman is in security. I, one time I'll ask him, bazooka. I mean, that thing sounds real good. If you have a bazooka, you fear nothing. Now, if you are armed with such people, you have a chance, isn't it? But these guys... 300 of them. God does not even arm them with an arrow. Not even a spear. He arms them with a pot. (laughs) 
a port. And they have a light inside. Alright? One hand is a port. Can you imagine a port? A soldier. He has a port. <laughs> Can you imagine armed robbers? Don't, oh, you can only imagine. Pray they will not happen. You call the police. And they arrive with their wheel, 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 wheel. And they come out with pot. <laughs> a pot with a light inside. <clears throat> on one hand. On the other hand, they have a trumpet. <laughs> what kind of an army is this? Around them are people who have been harassing them for years. And this is what God said. And he says... The moment I blow the trumpet, you guys are to break the pot and blow the trumpet and take off. I think, no, no, it doesn't say that. Before they find that all you have is a small right? No, that's not what God said. He said, you break that pot and you blow the trumpet and you'll see a miracle. Hallelujah. So when we are talking about trans in the Lord and lean not on your own what? Understanding. You need to get a liberation. This will demand faith action. It will demand that. One time, and it's in both big and small. I've seen this over and over in my life. One time we sold a car to someone and we needed that money. And, uh, you know, my wife is calling them and, you know, the story is, I don't know. They're like, but you bought the car, you were supposed to pay by this time, where is the money? <clears throat> we, we had planned on what to use that money for. And the money is not coming through. A certain portion of it. And I said, Lord, what is going on here? You're a sister, you're a mother, you're a son. There is an anointing for that. There's an anointing for you to be a great brother to your siblings, a great cousin, a great nephew, whatever it is. There is an anointing. What is, what is that anointing? God's ability for you to do what he wants you to do and be a blessing to other people, all right? That anointing is God's impact on your life and my life. And that is what we are trusting. We are not trusting in our natural abilities. We are trusting in his anointing. Amen? Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Amen? So, whatever office you hold, whatever appointment you have, you have the anointing to do that. You follow that? And that is what you and me are going to what? To depend on. If you are appointed by God, then you have been anointed to do the job. If you have been appointed by God, you then have been anointed. There is the anointing to get the job done. It removes all limitations. Amen? In John chapter 14 verse 9 to 10. He who has seen me, all right, if you can, let me read the whole of it. I have an extract of it. Jesus said to him, talking to one of his disciples, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? 
He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Let's go on. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the work. That's what Jesus is saying. The Father who dwells in me. How is the Father dwelling in Jesus? By the anointing. By the anointing. He is not, Jesus is not depending on himself. He is depending on the Father who dwells in him. He is depending on the Holy Spirit of God. And what has the Holy Spirit done? He has anointed him to do what is necessary. Now, if you read verse 12 of this, you see, you are so, you, you see him saying, this is what Jesus is saying. Most, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Let's read that last phrase together. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. So Jesus says, it's the father in me. He is doing the what? The work. How are you going to do greater works? It has to be through the same means, isn't it? Otherwise, if Jesus was depending on an anointing and you don't have it, then he is setting you up for failure. Now, people argue a lot about that, you know. Uh, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than this. There is a whole library of stuff written about what the greater works does. What is the greater works of Jesus? It is this, it is this. But we know what Jesus did. So let's start with that, all right? Before we go to the greater works, we can do what he did. It's recorded in the word of God, all right? And so the point here is that we, you and me, have this anointing. Why? Because in, uh, let me get the scripture right, John 20, 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the father has sent me, I also, I also, in December 2022, coming to 2023, I also send you. As you go, I don't know whether you're traveling, we're talking about the great migration from Nairobi that starts somewhere around this time. As that migration kicks off, and you say, see yourself joining the heart, You've been sent. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I also do what? Send you. You are not just going up country to impress people with uh, stuff from Nairobi, isn't it? <laughs> you are there to impress them with the anointing that you carry. Amen? When you appear, you should not just be somebody from Nairobi. It should be somebody who represents Jesus. And we see the Father sent Jesus. And Jesus is saying, the way the Father sent me, I also send you. Isn't it? Let me give you another common phrase in Kiswahili. Eh? That is when people are asking for something. You've just been sent like that. You haven't been sent in a, in, with something. Isn't it? You have been sent. By Jesus, the way the Father sent him. Amen? Say, I'm anointed. I am sent. Praise God. Now, uh, 
I want to bring out something here. In 1 John 2.20 and then 27, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and it is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Praise the Lord. So, say I have an anointing. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the whole emphasis of all this, this is all I'm trying to tell you is that you are anointed. Amen. You have an anointing. And it's an anointing of God. And that is the anointing that will enable you to do and complete your divine assignment and destiny. Praise the Lord. So, if you are a Christian, who is a Christian? A Christian is someone who is Christ-like, isn't it? So you are like, Jesus is the Christ. What does that mean? Jesus is the anointed one. Isn't it? And so if you are like him, then you have been anointed. You have been anointed. And so this is what we are saying. We are like him. There's another scripture that says, as he is in heaven, so are we in this world. The, the thing here is that we receive this anointing. How do we receive things of God? By faith. You say, I have the anointing of God to do the job. I have the anointing of God to do this business. I have the anointing of God to serve in this capacity. I have this anointing. As you have been, the scripture we've read there says, as you have received this anointing. So you shouldn't be like some Kenyans. You are walking around the house, talking on the phone. And then you stop and ask your child, where is my phone? See, mom, you have the phone. You are talking on the phone. You, you, are, you are looking for what you already have. You have the anointing. What you need to do is to stir up that anointing and expect supernatural outcomes. Praise God. The anointing is for divine assignment of God in the church and in the marketplace. Now, I'll, I'll show you scriptural examples of this as, 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 as I try to tie this up. Look at Philippians 3, 4 to 8. Philippians 3, 4 to 8. This is Paul. And this is what Paul is saying. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh. You see that? Trust in the flesh. I more, let's go on, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin and the Hebrew of the Hebrews, the starching to the row, a Pharisee. Yeah? Let's go. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is of the row, blameless. All right? Verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted laws for Christ. And verse 8. Yet doubtless, and, and I count all things but laws for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, I have a good CV. I have a good CV. If you are in Kenya, 
And today, you belong to a certain ruling class. That gives you some advantage, isn't it? Yeah, it gives you, it gives you some advantage. If you, if you belong to the first family, you, you are known by so and so. You are a graduate of this and this university. You are this and this. You have a lot of what? Advantage. But Paul is saying, if you have, if there is anyone who had any reason to have confidence in all these things, I would have been number one. But he's saying, I no longer trust this. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There is something more than your CV. There is something more than where you went to school, which is your tribe. Or all those things Paul is saying, they don't matter. He's saying, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Is he still a Hebrew? Yes. But he's saying, that is not what is counting in my mission. I am counting on the anointing. Praise God. So, this anointing is, is uh, look at uh, Psalms 105, verse 14 to 15. Since he permitted no one to do them wrong, yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not what? Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Verse 16. Oh, that's, that's uh, verse 15, all right? Okay. It, it, it talks about, he. oh yeah, it's, it's, the, it's verse 14. He permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake. See, the anointing, uh, listen to me. When I talk about the anointing, you probably say, yeah, Francis, I think you're anointed. You, will, you probably have no doubt that Pastor Davis is anointed. The, the problem is that you don't think you're anointed. You see that? This scripture, and we say, don't touch the anointed ones. These are the leaders. Be very careful about the anointing. Be very careful. Your neighbor should be very careful around you because you're anointed. Listen, it says, it says what? Touch not what? My anointed, do my prophets no harm. There are two classes of people. You are either a prophet or you are anointed. Either way, nobody is supposed to touch you. This is talking about Israelites. It was not talking about their kings and their leaders. It is talking about you and me. Tell your neighbor it's about you and me. It's talking about Israel. Saying God had anointed the entire tribe. And that is how we are. Am I minimizing the need to reverence and honor leaders? No. I'm just saying when you talk about people who are anointed, don't count yourself out. You are among the ones who are anointed. Amen. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 6, is, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Somebody say amen. amen. Who also made us sufficient. Do you see that? As we have such Trust through Christ. We have such trust through the anointing. We have such trust through the anointing. My trust is in the anointing. If I'm standing here ministering to you, where should my trust be? In the anointing. Hallelujah. Here, let me share with you some practical things here. You see them in the Bible. 
Look at uh, Moses. Moses in Exodus chapter 7 verse 1. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. So, now, I, I, I need to summarize that. If you read chapter 6 of Exodus, Moses had gone to Pharaoh's place and said, let these people go. Pharaoh said, these people are idle. What we are going to do is we are going to double the what? The work, demand they do twice the work, and we will cut the supply. We will not provide them with the material. So Moses was frustrated. And he went back crying to God. And God said, see, I have made you what? A God to Pharaoh. When you are in a frustrating situation, you got to see yourself as God sees you. I was sharing with uh, somebody we shared with, with care, in care on Friday. and said how this person was in this office. And they, 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 they believed and now they came like a testimony to the pastor. They said, pastor, you know, I've been believing God. I've been working in this place. They are all idol worshippers. They are satanic. Da, 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 da. But praise the Lord. God has found me a new job and I am moving. And the pastor was shaking his head. This woman said, Pastor, you don't seem to be rejoicing the way I'm, I'm rejoicing. Said, you've left that place for the devil? I mean, you are the only believer in that place? You are the only God's voice in that place? And you've ran away? What is God supposed to do about that place? Let them all go to hell? See, we think this is a great testimony. And you can believe God. I'm, I'm not. But the thing is, God has placed himself in you. That you may demonstrate God. Listen. God is saying, when you next go to fellow, have this in your mind. He said, see. Have this in your mind. How are you seeing yourself? Have yourself, you go to Pharaoh and you see yourself like God. Do you know, Moses, you know Moses was uh, an outro. He killed an Egyptian, an Egyptian and ran away. And God is telling him, go back there. And you are going there to tell Pharaoh, I've sent you. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. You just want to be defeated. <laughs> oh, we are just like worms. Oh, and then the chicken will eat you if you are just a worm, right? <laughs> I'm styling you up as you go for this Christmas to know who you are in Christ Jesus. So he told him, you are what? I've made you as a God to Pharaoh. Listen to Judges 6, verse 15. We read verse 15, then verse 34. Judges. It says, so he said, this is um, Gideon talking to an angel. He said, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Verse 34. But the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon 
with himself, took possession of him, and he blew a trumpet, and the clan of Abiezer was gathered to him. Listen. In verse 15, if you read verse 12, he is having this argument. God is telling him, an angel, Gideon, I want you to go out and fight the Midianites. But Gideon is saying, look at my CV. Look at my CV. I, I am from the least. My clan is the least. Other translations say, my clan is the poorest. You know? And he's saying, in my father's own place, eh? I, I don't, they don't listen to me. They listen to my big brother. And so, the angel is telling him, but you are the one I'm sending. How is he going to go? And you find now in verse 34, the anointing is coming upon him. What is the result of this anointing? You read Judges 7, 20 to 21. says, then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held their torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord of Gideon and every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. I need to feed you on a bit of detail there. So, Gideon is surrounded by the Midianites. He thinks he has no ability to fight. My brother and my sister, I don't know what is frustrating you in life. I don't know whether 2022 has brought you to the point where you say, I can't take it no more where you see yourself as making no... You hear people's testimony. You read about Gideon, they say, where is this God? We have had testimonies about how he delivered Israel. But all we see is oppression. You've had many prophecies spoken of. Maybe you've had people prophesying. You've had people giving their testimonies. And you look at your life, you're like, yeah, praise the Lord, yeah. But in my situation... I'm telling you, nothing is moving. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I have threats all around. They are threatening me at my workplace. They are threatening me with in this business. See, you are seeing yourself the wrong way. The anointing elevates you and gives you godly strategies. Listen, what are we saying? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding of the situation. If Gideon, Gideon is looking at the, trying to understand his circumstances, and he can't make sense of it. But when he starts seeing himself, that anointing comes upon him. What is the anointing of God over him doing? Taking over. Taking over. Taking over. God wants to take over your stuff. Amen? God wants to take over your stuff. God wants to take you over with himself. And then he gives him a strategy. Gideon goes from this chapter, between what we've read, verse 34 of chapter 6 and verse 20 of chapter 7, he goes and gets an army into place. An army of 33 people. God says, no, 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 no. Those are too many. They go to take water. God says, no, no. He, he says, tell those who are fearful to go. He is left with 10,000. And then God says, those are too many. He is left with 300. And you would think, after reducing Gideon's army from 33,000 to 300, you know, 
if you have 300 people, but they are well armed, <laughs> I can understand, isn't it? Have you ever seen films by somebody called Rambo? You know, it's a, it's a small army. It's a one-man army, isn't it? I don't know who are the reason, you know. But these guys, you know, Batman, whatever. I mean, the guy cannot be beaten. You have 300 like those, they are okay, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, they, they, are, they are powers, you know. They, they have this magic stuff. That's okay. I think if you gave me 300 and we armed us with something, I don't know what it is called. I don't know what it is, but I, the name sounds good. It's called a bazooka, you know? <laughs> that, that thing really, I mean, Deacon uh, uh, Norman is insecurity. I, one time I'll ask him, bazooka. I mean, that thing sounds real good. If you have a bazooka, you fear nothing. Now, if you are armed with such people, you have a chance, isn't it? But these guys, 300 of them, God does not even arm them with an arrow, not even a spear. He arms them with a pot. <laughs> a pot. And they have a light inside. Alright? One hand is a pot. Can you imagine a pot? A soldier. He has a pot. <laughs> Can you imagine armed robbers don't oh, you can only imagine. Pray they will not happen. You call the police. And they arrive with their wheel, 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 and they come out with pots. <laughs> a pot with a light inside <clears throat> on one hand. On the other hand, they have a trumpet. <laughs> what kind of an army is this? Around them are people who have been harassing them for years. And this is what God said. And He says, the moment I blow the trumpet, you guys are to break the pot and blow the trumpet and take off. I think, no, no, it doesn't say that. Before they find that all you have is a small right? No, that's not what God said. He said, you break that pot and you blow the trumpet and you'll see a miracle. Hallelujah. So when we are talking about trust in the Lord and lean not on your own what? Understanding. You need to get a liberation. This will demand faith action. It will demand that. One time, and it's in both big and small. I've seen this over and over in my life. One time we sold a car to someone and we needed that money. And, uh, you know, my wife is calling them and, you know, the story is, I don't know. They're like, but you bought the car, you were supposed to pay by this time. Where is the money? <clears throat> we, we had planned on what to use that money for. And the money is not coming through. A certain portion of it. And I said, Lord, what is going on here? And my wife said, they even said it's a pastor and his wife. I said, wow. Tell them what we need is the money. We have, we sold them the car because we needed money. What is so difficult to understand about that? Why did they take the car if they did not have what? The money. We are having this conversation. And the Lord just spoke to me. I, I told her, call them, tell them they don't know us anything. She said, you sure? I said, yeah, I just called them. So she calls, and I see her remove her phone and put it away. 
She says, I say, what is happening? She says, she is screaming and yelling and jumping and praising God on the other side. And she is using my credit. <laughs> Not only our money now, that was supposed to be paid, even her credit. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me and said, listen, is this the person you are trusting? Is this the money you are hoping, trusting, will sort you out? Why don't you look up to me? Hallelujah. Yeah, and I mean, in a couple of days, we had the money we needed. See, the thing is, you, you think you have everything figured out. I'll sell this, I'll buy this, I'll, you know, umeshikanisha wires, isn't you? You umeshikanisha everything. You are a master mobilizer, you have everything. I'm telling you, when that thing stops working the way you are thinking, you find yourself in a very dangerous situation, isn't it? You're supposed to be walking in love. You don't know what that is anymore. You are, you are about to curse people. God wants us trust in what? The anointing. Trust in him. Because they don't look at, it's okay to plan. It's okay to have these plans. But your priority is seeking the will of God. Lord, what should I do? And then responding to God's plans, no matter how they look, isn't it? If he says, do this, that's what you do. Hallelujah. So, I'm talking about you take action in line with God, with what God is instructing you. Gideon <clears throat> said he was not qualified. God said, it's okay. And God took over. <clears throat> if you remember, we talked about Paul. Paul was saying, I am qualified. I have all these credentials. It's the opposite of Gideon. And God also said, actually, it doesn't matter. You see that? It doesn't matter whether you think you are not qualified. It's okay. The anointing will take over. Praise God. And it doesn't matter how qualified you are. It's okay. Thank God for education. Thank God for all those certifications you have. Thank God for all those networks you have. It's okay. God wants to go beyond that. Amen. God has bigger plans for you this month. Hallelujah. God has bigger plans for you this month. I say it. God has bigger plans for 2023. God has bigger plans. It doesn't matter what has happened in 2022. Good or bad, God has better plans. Hallelujah. Let me, so uh, the other thing you need, so you need to take action. This is the practical side of Activating this anointing. You need to take action as the Lord leads you. Then second point is there is that you need to walk in unity. Psalms 133 verse 1 to 3. How wonderful and present it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion, and there the Lord has pronounced his blessings, even life everlasting. <clears throat> that word harmony, I'm using the NLT. If you look at other versions, they talk about walking in unity. Unity, harmony. It's like the choir, the priest team when they are here, isn't it? One person, not everybody is playing the keyboard, isn't it? Everybody is singing there, own 
voice. Is it, is it called a voice? No, it's not their own song. You don't sing your own song. You sing the one you are given. But you sing in your own note or voice. And there is what? Harmony, isn't it? In God, harmony and unity is not uniformity. It's not uniformity. It's unity. It's harmony. You are brought, your voice, yes, we have instrument that is everything is different and at the same time it's united. When you see differences, don't be like the world. The world looks at differences and starts thinking about their selfish needs. But when we see differences in the church, we should see, we should seek unity. We should seek what? Harmony. That's what that scripture is talking about. And that point that you need to note, to note here is that you also need to praise and worship. I like the extended session we had earlier this morning. You need to measure on praise and worship. What are these things? You need, these are, you are bringing out the anointing. The anointing, you'll see it work as you respond to instructions from God. As you walk in unity, as you seek harmony around you, you seek that anointing. That anointing, you see it flowing. You see it flowing as you praise and worship the Lord. Very, very important. And I want to take a, a, a few minutes here as I wrap up here about praise and worship. <clears throat> Briefly, if you look at Acts 16, 25 to 26. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, was shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. They were praying and singing. They were praying and singing. What hour was it? Midnight, right? Ask your neighbor, what were you doing yesterday at midnight? I can guess for some of you, I am not sure whether the game was already over, but you are probably posting your comments on how you saw that game. I'm telling you, you don't have any problem. If you are watching games, you watch, what was the first one? Morocco and Argentina, yeah. Morocco and Argentina, right? Oh, it wasn't? Portugal and? Oh, thank you. Portugal and Morocco, who won? Morocco won. You watch all of that. <laughs> then you watch <laughs> England versus France. Then you go to sleep and you can't sleep. You are saying, I'm worried. I'm, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Are you kidding me? At midnight, <laughs> Paul and Silas were doing what? Praying and singing. How desperate are you to see this anointing set you free? How desperate are you? How much do you trust this anointing? That you are willing to say, Lord, I know the challenges I'm facing. But I know there is an anointing. I have received it. I'm activating it. These guys were shackled. They were beaten up. I imagine Paul looking at Cyrus saying, Cyrus, do you have some song we can sing? And say, <laughs> Paul, 
I understand why Mark left you, man. <laughs> you are trouble everywhere. You know, Paul had gone with Mark and Barnabas in the first trip. They took off. They didn't go with him the second time. The second time he had taken another guy called Silas. And now they're in prison, beaten up. And Paul says, Silas, raise your voice, boy. Start singing. <laughs> what are we singing about? Huh? We used to say in the Anglican church where I grew up, we said number 27. I have been all over the place. I have gone all over the place. There is trouble everywhere. No, that is not what we're singing. They were praising God. And the prisoners handed. Ask your neighbor, what were they hearing you saying at midnight? <laughs> Woo! No. God wants us. Do you see the power of praising that? I know it's a common scripture. And let's look at uh, another familiar scripture. Second Chronicles 20, verse 12. King Jehoshaphat talking to God. They were also surrounded. And he said, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Do you have a situation you don't know what to do? Let your eyes turn to God. God, activate that anointing. You say, I am anointed of God. God has put in me everything I need to solve this issue that I'm facing. Are you following what I'm saying? And then, if you believe that and you're trusting God, then you see verse 20 and 21. So they rose early in the morning and then went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of VFICG. It is Jerusalem there. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Can I tell you what I'm talking to you about? I'm speaking as a prophet to God. Believe what I'm sharing with you today. Believe that the situation you are facing today is not your end. And when he had consulted with the people, I'm consulting you now, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Now, these ones are not carrying the pots with a light and a trumpet. This is the choir that is going out singing. Do you know what you, want, what you need in a situation? You want to sneak up on your enemies, isn't it? You want to crawl silently. If, if you have a way, I mean, if you have an enemy who is bigger than you, what should you do? Make sure they don't hear you coming, isn't it? When you knock them, they will never know what hit them. How do you come singing? How, how, how is that? It's because you are trusting in the Lord. You are no longer depending on your ability. And I, the, the singers can come back up here. Um, Judges 1 and 2. Judges 1 and 2. Chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. I, uh, now, after the death of Joshua, it came to pass 
that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first? Note that word. Who shall go up what? First. To fight against them. Verse 2. And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. Isn't it? What is the promise here of God? The land is yours. Go fight the enemy. Right? Now, God says, which of us is going to go first? Which is our air force? Which is our special, uh, what are they called? Special operations team. Who, who are we going to send first? <clears throat> what do you want to send first? The best guys, isn't it? I mean, they take out the uh, modern warfare. Do you ever, there's a war going on in Ukraine. You, you go take out their air force. You take out things that they can attack you with. Who will go first? What did God say? Judah. Judah goes first. All right? If you look at chapter 20, verse 18, you find the same pattern. And the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, which of us shall go first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Say it with me. Judah shall go up first. Judah. The first in chapter 1, they were fighting an external enemy. They were going to occupy the land. Are you fighting sickness and disease? Are you fighting provision? Are you fighting for relationship? Is the devil attacking your family? Are you fighting something that is coming upon you externally? Who will go first? Judah. All right? Now, this one is Benjamin. What's wrong with Benjamin? Benjamin is one of the tribes. What is he doing? Misbehaving. They have to fight him. So, are you fighting addiction? Are you fighting bad habits? Is there something within you that you are believing to overcome? Who will go first? Judah. So, it doesn't matter how the attack is coming. Is it internal? Is it external? The principle is the same. Judah goes first. Now, if you went to Genesis chapter 29, you would understand who is Judah. Alright? And it's a long story, but I need to summarize it here. Judah was, alright, how many wives did Jacob have? Two wives, isn't it? One was Rachel, she was loved. The other one was Leah, who was not loved. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that God opened the womb of Leah when she saw that Leah was not loved. She gave birth to her firstborn. She called him Reuben. Do you know your Bible? The firstborn was called who? Reuben. <clears throat> and she said she called him Reuben because Reuben, she called him that name signifying that my husband will now love me. It didn't work. The man did not change <laughs> So she conceived and gave birth to her secondborn. What was the name of her secondborn? Simeon. She said, she called him Simeon to say, God has seen that I'm not loved. I am now 
calling him Simeon. My husband will now see he has two sons from me and will love me. He didn't change. So she conceived and bore another son. The third son, she called him Levi. What did Levi mean? My husband will now be attached to me. Nothing changed. The fourth time, she conceived. And this is now verse 35. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, let's read it together. Now I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. What has been happening in your life? You got to the point, I'm bringing you today to this point where you say, now I will praise the Lord. What is she doing? She's changing her attention. She's been trying to please Jacob. <laughs> trying kid after kid, oh, child after child. Can you imagine the struggle that woman was going through? Then she said, mm. Now, praise the Lord. Now, I will praise the Lord. Rise up on your feet and praise the name of the living God. Hallelujah. 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 Now, now. Now, 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 I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with everything within me. I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the anointing, Lord. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the anointing. All burdens are gone. Every yoke is destroyed. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Doesn't matter. 2022 doesn't matter anymore. Our workplace doesn't matter anymore. Our homes don't matter anymore. We are saying now. Now, now, I will praise the Lord. Money or no money, now, I will praise the Lord. No matter how my health looks like, now, I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how things look like, now, 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 I will praise the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. Glory to God. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Now. Now. Oh, hallelujah. Doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter. Maybe you're in college, you've been struggling with grace, doesn't matter. I will now praise the Lord. Doesn't matter which girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever happened in your life, I will praise the Lord. 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 Lord. It doesn't matter what happened to this investment or this investment or this job opportunity today. Now, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Doesn't matter what happened in our family this year. I will. Now, I will. Now, 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 I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. My testimony, as I come to the end of 2022, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will, I, I, I will praise the Lord. 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 If there is anything I know, I will praise the Lord. Are you going up country? I don't know, but I will praise the Lord. Are you going on holiday? I'm not sure, but I will praise the Lord. Do you think they'll keep you on that job? I'm not sure, but I know I will. Praise the Lord. How is the business going? It has its own problems, but I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Now 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 I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. What did the X-ray say? I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. What did the man the doctor say? I will. I know what he says, but I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Will you praise the Lord? If there is nothing else you know what to do, I will praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your words that has gone forth and ministered to your people. Now I proclaim over you. Receive the answers you came for. Receive the wisdom you came for. I declare no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that will rise up in judgment against you, we condemn it. Your inheritance is victory. You are the anointing of the Holy One of Israel. And now you will praise the Lord and see his victory in your life. Hallelujah. 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 And everyone says, Amen. 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 Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you so much.